Welcome, I'm Ruth Renger of Conscious Leaders. This podcast is about providing you with disruptive insights from human leaders, progressive leaders willing to talk about the highs and lows of business, so you can take away both their philosophy and how it plays out practically day to day. Learn about the podcast and us at consciousleaders.org.uk. This month, I'm bringing you Charlotte Williams. She's founder of trailblazing influencer marketing agency, 7-6. They focus on diversity and inclusion, helping brands develop truly inclusive marketing strategies. I started by asking her just how she got to where she is now. I always say that I've had literally the same job for my whole life. (laughs) So since I graduated, I've worked in marketing and it's always been social media related. Like insane interest in social media. So graduated from uni and then got, I moved to Portugal for a couple of years where I was a teacher, um, teaching adults English. Well, moved back home with my parents after a few years being there because I wanted to work in marketing. So I got this like really low paying admin job, um, which now I don't even think is like a legal salary. <laughs> and then within like a couple of weeks, realized that the person who was doing social media didn't know what they were doing. And I was, I, there was a staff meeting and we were talking about something and someone mentioned Twitter and I was like, oh, all we have to do is this, whatever. And someone challenged me and then said, oh, if you know how to do it, why don't you do it? And I was like, okay. T- took on that role as part of, as well as my admin. Just grew really quickly in that company, became, eventually became their marketing manager, did a lot of training. Um, I worked between St. Albans in the UK and Boston in the US because my team was over there. So that's what I did there. And then I got a call from a friend who worked at War Nails, which is no longer a company, but um, at at the time it was a cult nail salon and and beauty brand, essentially, owned by Sharmadine Reed, who is a beauty tech entrepreneur. And um, she, my friend was leaving and was like, do you want to work at War? And I was like, yeah. That was like my first kind of step into like like seeing entrepreneurship. It was really interesting because first of all, the founder was a woman. And so my boss, my two bosses, her and my line manager were women, never really had that before. And secondly, they were both black women, never ever had that before. And then the whole team was women. And I was just like, I feel so safe. I really like this. And I'd come from a company which beforehand was quite toxic in terms of the masculinity. And there was a lot that went on that I knew and I hate to say this, that if women were in charge, it would be different. Um, and yeah, I left, went to war, stayed there for a few months and then kind of realized that it wasn't quite the role that I wanted or needed. So I went freelance and took them on as my first client and kind of stripped the role back and said, mm. I don't want to do any of this. <laughs> Gave them that and they found someone else to do that freelance. And then I took on the bits I did want and then took on a whole load of clients dipped my toe in this freelance life because I wasn't sure if it's what I wanted to do and then had the idea for 7-6 after like lots of different events that happened and then start 7-6 and that's literally it so I have essentially done pretty much the same role forever Hmm. but it's just been in different um, industries yeah that makes sense and this kind of um you saying that you said to wah like so this job is very nice, but it's not exactly what I want to do. So I'm going to go freelance and give me the bits I like. That's quite um, that's quite assertive. A lot of people maybe mm. wouldn't better do that. What do you think made, A, you better say that and B, them listen to you? I think Sharmadine's the kind of person that you can say that to. And she was mm. like, 
when I spoke to her, I spoke about it actually last week. And I was like, do you remember when you said this? And she was like, nope. Um, but when you speak to someone like her, she gets it because she's been there. Mm. And she's gone freelance and she's started her own business and she's done it before. So when I was like, I think I want to do my own thing, she was like, yeah, go do it. Mm. And it wasn't like, oh, no. it was. She was just like, you, I can tell you're not really enjoying it. You need to do like what works for you we can find she, I think in her head she was like we're what we can find anyone to fill this position it wasn't like I was the be all and end all but um, also she was just like go for it Do. Mm. she gave me some advice and then she was like go on your way mm. and then here we are so it sounds like it's, it's you've kind of known what you wanted in your career as you've crafted it no I actually think I know what I don't want I've never mm. known what I've wanted. I never knew that I'd start an agency. Mm. I never knew that I'd be a boss. I never, I'd never even wanted that. My parents are have been freelance um, throughout my life for different periods. And I know lots of successful and unsuccessful entrepreneurs. And I, on both sides, it just looked really hard. And, and it is. And I just, I never thought I would want to do that because why would you want hardship in your life? <laughs> so tell me, why do you want hardship in your life? Why did you set up? You're an agency and, and go through hiring staff and all that comes with, with that. What was it that, that made you do that? I don't know. To this day, <laughs> I'm not even... It's so funny because I, when I look back at things, I'm just like, where did, th- where did this begin? Like, how did I start this? And I think there was a few catalysts. A lot... The agency started because it, it, it was born basically out of, like, frustration and anger in the industry. So that... Oh, tell me more about that. So the agency is focused around diversity and inclusion within influencer marketing. We, at the time of launch, were pretty much the only agency that did specifically what we did. So pairing brands and influencers together, focusing on education around influencer marketing and the importance of DNI. That was, I couldn't name you another agency that did that. Um, but I think um, I, it came from like, being an influencer myself, going to events, seeing like different PRs do things so badly and be as, not a consumer, but as an influencer on the other side, not as a marketer, like seeing this stuff and feeling, basically feeling like shit and having PRs put that on me. Then having friends call me crying or Mm. telling me stories about what happens at events that they're so, little things that were so small and you're just like, but why? Why does this person have to go through this because they have afro hair or curly hair or a darker skin tone or because they're plus size or whatever it might be, but other influencers don't have to go through it because they fit the norm. And I just, that was exhausting. Mm. And then- So what was just, it's quite interesting point there. So what, were there any examples of things that made you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, loads. Um, So I had, there was a week where one of my friends called me three times and each time she was telling me things to do with her hair. So I went to this event and someone put their hands through it. I went to this event and someone like pulled my hair, but in like an endearing way, but didn't want them to touch me. I went through this event and um, they like completely changed their vernacular when they spoke to me, um, but then changed it back when they spoke to a white influencer. And it was like, okay. Then I went to events where there was like one time where there were 375 people in the room and there were four people of color. Um, who weren't the like waiting staff. Everyone else who was a person of colour was someone who was working there. Mm. There was another event where I went and it was an influencer-focused event and there were something like 30 influencers invited and I was the only person of colour, not just black person, but person of colour in the room. And it was just like, this isn't hard. Like, there are more people that look like me or like my friends or 
family that could, that do what I do, but way better. Cause like, I'm always like, I've always been a part-time influencer. I'm not, I never like have focused on it cause it's not my job. And then secondly, I was always really small at the time. So I had like 5,000 followers or 7,000 followers as I grew. And my reach just wasn't there. Whereas I can name you influencers who had like 30, 40, 50, 100,000 followers. That fits the demographic of what they were looking for, but they just didn't know how to find them. Mm-hmm. And then I'd speak to the PRs and be like, okay, so where are all the other people that look like me? And they're just like, oh, you know, we just don't really have access to those types of influencers. And it was just like, what? What do you mean? Instagram you don't have access I mean, to Instagram you mean you haven't asked them yeah <laughs> this doesn't make any sense yeah. and they kept like putting this blame on this that the word access was used over and over again mm. and it was like they're just humans on the internet like we all have access to them and it just showed me that there was like this roadblock that people actually saw as a physical block but actually it was just them not knowing where to look or not knowing any people of color or people from minority backgrounds that they have in like their personal life as well as online mm. and it was just a bit of a red flag mm. so, so you sort of changed that yeah that was it was kind of forced upon me I'd say a lot of my friends were just like well you work in marketing like you just do it <laughs> and then I had one of my family members she runs a very successful business and she was like just do it start a business and I was like really is that can I do that uh, and then I did hmm so yeah, so you're learning through creating a business, but you're also learning through pushing boundaries and cha- challenging the way people treat people of colour in your industry. Yeah. How's that, how's that been for you? Because it sounds like you've had to sort of stick your neck above the parapet and yeah. try and make change broadly. Do you know what? It's been really interesting. So when I first launched, I was speaking to someone who I pitched to for the first time as a practice pitch, but we did it as if it was like, pretend it's real. Um, and I spoke to her yesterday and I was like, wow, a lot's changed since that first meeting and a lot of it has come the change has come from my confidence because at the time I would speak to people about diversity and inclusion and just talk about you know the lack of people of color in the industry and all of this stuff and people like yeah 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 but they genuinely did not think that they had an issue with diversity or anything to do with DNI in their company it was like yeah yeah totally get what you're talking about but we don't have that problem right yeah not me and it was like look around your office like this is the problem it starts here but I'd be like okay cool and I just didn't have the confidence when I first started to be like literally you are the problem like I don't really understand what's what's wrong here um and then as time went on I got a bit more confident but then last year with the Black Lives Matter resurgence I found it just quite funny because it was like all these people that have been like oh no no we've got this like love what you're doing you're amazing but like obviously we don't need it they've like come out of the woodwork and they're like yeah so we we needed to get dni training and we need to do this we need to do that and it's like oh you you have you've now can acknowledge that there was an issue but before it just like wasn't on their radar Mm. so i think last year was really great for so many it was obviously very difficult and awful for so many reasons but it was really great to see people actually i don't know how mind shifts change so quickly but like overnight that click of like oh yeah maybe I do have an unconscious bias or maybe like I haven't been looking at this right or maybe I should diversify my friendship group and all of these things and it's Mm. just like I'm so pleased that now I don't have to have these conversations because they were really awkward Mm. because it was just like yeah I hear what you're saying but it's not that's Mm. not the truth and I didn't know how to like express that and so how does this apply with with clients um to people coming to you they want to promote certain products certain brands um 
do you find yourself educating the brands quite a lot? Um, I guess some will be at different points on a spectrum of like yeah. really know what's going on and how to tap into the right market to completely out of touch. Yeah. And I wonder how you help people um, because it sounds like this is an awakening for them and mm. I wonder how much people listen versus don't want I to change. I feel like I want to like put that to the team because mm-hmm. I think every day there's an email that comes through that someone has to like correct someone or you know an idea comes through for a, a campaign or an event and we're like mm, can't do that can't say that that's not quite right um, and I think depending on the client sometimes it's just like they come to us and they're like we've got this idea what do you think and then we're like yes no maybe and they actually really respect our opinion and then sometimes they've come and it's like they're at the final stage and they're just like we just need the talent and then we have to kind of like tweak it even though it's like perfectly placed together they've put their budget aside like it's all like done planned we have to like try and tweak it at the end to make sure that our talent can fit into it Mm. authentically um which isn't always easy but yeah I think people are now more open to having these conversations I don't think everyone always listens because I still think a lot of people think they know best Mm. and I think we're humans that's I think that's just how we are but um we have seen more people become for training and to come to our workshops and like online courses and stuff. So there mm. is an interest there. Moving on to you like as a leader now, because I mean, you're leading in many ways around diversity and inclusion, around kind of moving the needle on this stuff, but also as a leader in your company and looking after staff and freelancers, what's your kind of philosophy on any of that? What's your approach it's a day-by-day process. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never managed... I've managed interns, but I've never managed, like, a whole team. So it's been a real awakening of, like, what that entails. Um, and it definitely changes your job. When you become a manager or... Not even a manager, but, like, the boss of everyone, it definitely... That takes up at least, like, 40% of my time. Because it's not just, like... Especially because we're so small, we don't have a finance manager, we don't have a HR manager. So I do all of that. Um, and then little things like making sure like the holidays are booked properly or you know how much holiday they should have and checking into legalities and HR laws and the things that come up and I'm like oh do I know what that is and training courses and all of that stuff um, but I think yeah it's, it's it's just a process that I'm trying to work on it hasn't come naturally to me I don't think and I think something that I always struggle with is that I just remember what I was like when I've worked. I've never worked for a company that has like loads of budget. So I've always worked in an atmosphere where I've just had to just graft. Kind of muck in. Yeah. Yeah. So I just expect that of everyone, but I guess not everyone has had that experience. So it's like managing expectations of like what I expect because of my history. Because looking back to like my friends as well who I've met at work, and they've now moved on to other companies where they just like get to sit and chill and they're just like oh my god you remember when we worked here and we did this and it's just like yeah and then look at them now and they're just like so relaxed they never have to do anything like ridiculous like go to Ikea and buy a whole room worth of furniture by yourself and then bring it back um like little things like that um you're scarred from that experience really scarred I had to do it (laughs) twice for two different companies um but yeah there's just so many things that happen and I think it's just yeah I guess that managing expectations is is just something I have to remind myself of and also different things of like when you're the founder 
you do more because if it fails, you fail. When you are an employee, you work nine till six and that's that's it. They don't have, it's really weird because they're next door so they can hear <laughs> us. But like something I've had to like realise is like not everyone has the same like need for this to succeed as me but they also don't see it in the same way because they're not seeing the numbers they're not seeing like the stress mm. because I don't need to show them that because they don't need that mm. so that's like one big thing and what sort of support do you have or guidance mentoring coaching is there anything that helps you with I this? have a very supportive boyfriend I'm very lucky and he is very clued up in running a business because his sister has run a very successful business and he's been with her like a lot of the steps of the way so he can help me with a lot of things I also have her for guidance and her partner also runs an agency so I ask him lots of questions which is nice um something I do struggle with I don't like to ask for help which is something I'm trying to get better at and I've realized this morning that I haven't got better when I brought all the boxes down from my flat to the taxi by myself without asking my boyfriend for help and then I was like why did I do that why yeah yeah and he was just in bed and had no idea what was going on and he, I spoke to him later and he was like why didn't you call me why didn't you ask me to come in and I was like I was fine at the time but I don't know how to ask for help so that's something I struggle with and I think as a business owner you have to just know how mm. to do that how is it to to deal with people's kind of people's challenges people bring their problems to work sometimes or they're just down for certain reasons like how is that as a as someone I, running the company you know? I find it really hard mm. for everyone's that's listening yeah. um, when someone is like visibly upset or down have like in me the person not the boss the person in me is like I need to make I have this thing that my sister's always said that is kind of like a blessing and a curse for me I, I'm a fixer I always try to help people and fix their problems and I like bring I think that's why the talent that we look after it's not that we're fixing them but like there's some people that we've managed who are really small and they've grown really quickly and it's because I just wanted to help them grow because I knew that like a few people wouldn't have seen them from where they were because mm, they weren't big and fancy life. and like on social media and sparkly but they just needed that like bit of equity that little bit of a leg up to be like you got this and then they've become like amazing people um online but whenever I see someone that's like sad or down like the human in me is like I really want to like know what's going on become a little bit intrusive and like figure out what the problem is and see if I can help and do all of that but then the the boss in me is like if they have an issue, they will tell you. You don't need to pry into their personal lives. I'm not their friend unless they want me to be. So just wait. And I'm not naturally that person. I'm very, very intrusive <laughs> as a friend, as a family member, as everything. So I find that quite difficult because it's like the boundaries. Mm. I don't know. I'm like always like, uh, 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 uh. Mm. so if I can see like so on a call, someone's like just is not looking happy or even in the office, I'm just like ev everything in me, like I probably look fine, but my everything, I'm like sweating. I can see like the little people inside my body, like alert, alarm, Charlotte yeah. needs to like do something. But um, I have to like take a step back and be like, no, just like be cool. <laughs> Don't mm. say anything. I, I know I always talk way too much and I'm probably really embarrassing. Um, to myself, I'm always just like, it's fine, 
cool. They won't notice that I'm just like holding the desk, like yeah. trying to like figure out what to do. Mm. But um, that's hard. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Pip Jameson. Yeah, she I was, love Pip. I've met her before. She's yeah, great. We interview, I interviewed her for the podcast, and she absolutely oozes with compassion. Mm. She's got is like bursting from her every being, and she um, she is very involved with her staff. She wants to know everything about them. If they've got problems, she wants her to come them to come to her. Um, tell them all about their personal life if they want to. They don't have to, mm. but that it's a style. It's not right or wrong. But yeah. It obviously suits the culture that she's created, and people are very open. She's very open with them. So she, um, she's had various health things she was working with, and um, she's been very open. And that kind of creates that culture because that's kind of the style of company she wants to create. Yeah. And she wants people to better open up, and she she can carry that like she's like I asked her how is that for you with all these people with their problems and and she's like it's fine like I would just want people to tell me mm-hmm. um, but but everyone's different you know you have other leaders who are more um, you know they're like I'm here if you need me but I'm not gonna ask necessarily and and it's not necessarily a right or wrong but it's yeah. like sensing into what kind of culture you're building here yeah. and and also like you said like the, the different relationships some people were closer to than others aren't we yeah it's it's I think we'll get there but it's just it's I just find it really interesting because I have to remember I do feel like I know everyone pretty well but then we've only really spoken over a computer how well can you know someone over a computer not that well mm. so yeah I think we've just moved in today to our office yeah it's nice so. to look around at your new space <laughs> thanks I have to invite you back when it's like fully furnished yeah but um I'm hoping that this will then build something yeah a bit more spe- yeah a bit more like culture focus I think a lot of companies are like yeah we've got a great culture but like they don't actually think about what that actually means and mm. for me culture is really important because I have personally made as I said before, some of my best friends through work, knowing full well that you spend most of your time at work. So you don't want to work with people that you don't like. And then also I've met some people that we might not be best friends, but like I've learned so much from, or I've gone on to work with them again, or you know, there's so many relationships that you make in your place of work that I just want to make sure that it's just beneficial for mm. everyone. Also something to note is like, it took me a minute to like really remember as a founder or as a boss that not everyone's going to be with you forever and I find I'm still that's like heartbreaking <laughs> yeah, but you like can't leave <laughs> yeah like but they can that's the thing and I've had to say a few times you know like when you move on and you will you know this will happen and I have never stayed in a job more than like two and a half years so like I know it will happen hopefully not in the next year yeah. but um that's really difficult to navigate as well knowing that like you'll be making all these like friendships and relationships and then they'll mm. move on but hopefully they'll move on and do like really amazing things and the relationships will continue yeah, and then hire you again to come into their company yeah. <laughs> imagine that'd be so yeah. good yeah absolutely and it it sounds like so you're building you want to build a cult whatever that means culture and here and we've got this sort of new office space what does that mean to you? Like, what kind of working environment do you want to create for people? What do you want to co-create? I just want it to be safe. And I want it to be happy. Like, it sounds really lame, but I want people to come here 
and not be like, oh, I have to go to work. The idea of having that Monday dread, which we'll all get because it's like, we physically have to change our like whole routine to go into work mode. I get that. But having Monday dread because you don't want to go into work, the thought that anyone would ever have that here makes me feel sick. Like, could you imagine you hate, like you are the person that brings sadness to someone's life because you, you're making them work. Like that's really mm. sad. So um, I just want people to come here and be like, oh, I really love coming to this office. And I don't want to be like, you know, um, Silicon Valley where it's like you never have to leave and it's all self-containing and, you know, stay here forever. But I want it to be like, you know, I come to the office three days a week and have a good time, speak to my team, really like it, you know, get to have a few perks with whatever they might be. Now we're, we're in Soho and we can like connect to other businesses, you know, a few perks because of who we are and where we are. Um, if I wanted to like have dinner here with my friends, I can come and, you know, bring them mm. around. I just want everyone to feel like really comfortable. It's quite homely, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, to be like their second home because mm. we're in like a really cool like part of London and if I was younger, I would use this so hard. Like if I was like Lynette, as an example, which is like 22, 23, if I was Lynette's age, I'd be like, okay, Charlotte, can't wait to get my keys. And I'd literally just be here all the time. I'd like invite my friends around because we're going to have like a fully stocked bar and stuff. Mm. I'd literally just be throwing parties here. Don't do that. Don't do it. But like I would if it was me. <laughs> so I want that. Lynette, you're going to invite me to the party. <laughs> Please invite me as well. Um, but you know, that's what I want. I want them to feel comfortable that this is not just like, this isn't Charlotte's office because I've never wanted to create Charlotte's business. Mm. This is our mm. office, our space, our home. Mm. So yeah. And so tell me how you look after yourself, like juggling a business, staff, all the finances, all the, how do you actually mm-hmm. look after your own well-being? That is still to be discovered. <laughs> um, I do things I get really I get stressed quite easily and have kind of like lots of like anxiety attacks and mini panic attacks and over like the most ridiculous things I didn't send that email and I'll wake up like 4am and then go and send an email and schedule it out but things I've realized I have to like I have like really weird things that just make me feel good so yesterday I had like a really stressful day and it was stressful because of not anything that happened. There were a few things that happened that were just annoying, but just like emails that came through and just looking at different things and I just felt really stressed. Also moving in today, the whole thing was really stressful. So I just took, rather than having lunch, I went and got my nails done and that sounds really, really like basic, but yes. I just needed to like not look at my phone for an hour and I got... Have a treat. Yeah, I just needed it and I needed someone. I got Amani Peddy. And I'm very much into beauty. That's like always been my thing. And I guess I've worked in beauty as well. So I've had a lot of involvement in it. But I got a mani-pedi, got a foot massage and a hand massage. I didn't ask for it, but she obviously thought that I needed it. And I really appreciated it. And I came back and I was like a different person. And my partner, because I'd come back from a meeting and it was like all over the place and just wasn't very good. And I came back in a rampage and like was like tidying the flat and I was just like this place is a tip and mm-hmm. then I came back from the nail, nail salon and he was like oh you're, you've changed and I was just like <laughs> yeah I feel a bit better now so but I do little things like that I'll go and like spend half an hour of my day and just like put a face mask on or do my eyebrows and it sounds just so basic but I just need little moments like that I don't mm-hmm. really do anything 
mad. I don't spend money on anything. So I don't like, I very rarely like go to shops and like buy a bag or like treat myself. That, cause that gives me anxiety again. Cause like, why are you spending money? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just do little things that give me like a moment. Hmm. And sometimes so like little acts of self care. Yeah. Or... or like I'll go to my mom's house. Or like I go to my, my parents' house and I'll time it. So it's when my nephew's there. That's like my biggest thing. If I, sometimes if I'm just feeling really stressed, I literally just get in the car. My body takes me to my parents' house and then baby's there. And I'm just like, yes, that's all I need. Hmm. So yeah, I think family and self-care in the form of beauty, just really. Hmm. And your nephew, he, he teaches you as a, as a baby, doesn't he? Oh, he is amazing. <laughs> everything. So yeah, he's... Um, yeah, I think a lot of my friends and family have had kids recently. And just being around that energy is just so nice and just so pure because it's like he can't speak, can't do anything. He just about like he actually can stand up as of this week. But he just being around that is just like oh, just like a pure human soul that mm. no one's like tampered with, and it's just mm. his purity just makes me so so happy. Mm. What does that do for you? What does that create? Do you know what? I think it helps me switch off because when you're with a baby, you can't be looking at spreadsheets so it's just like he gets my focus mm, he is what I'm looking at or like if I go to my brother um my boyfriend's sister's house she just had a baby and like that's what I look at and um, my best friend's pregnant and we're talking I'm her birthing partner and I was with her last night and we were talking about just like when the baby comes and how weird it's going to be that we'll have like this baby in our lives and he'll just like come everywhere with us and he'll be like our mate and it was just really funny because I was like this is so nice to talk about something that's not work-related mm. because all my friends pretty much do similar things to me. So we always talk about work. So this was nice. Mm. Yeah. So it's nice to check out and talk yeah. about family and stuff. Mm. And babies are way more interesting than spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's a good place to end. <laughs> it's been great to have you, Charlotte. Thanks oh, so much. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte, for your openness. You came across as someone who is growing leaps and bounds, both in your drive to change your industry and to create an internal culture that allows people to feel both safe and happy. Those two words have stuck with me. What an honourable goal. I'm Ruth Renga and you've been listening to the Conscious Leaders podcast. We're showcasing the human side of great leadership so you can learn about what it's really like and gain both philosophical and practical takeaways. To learn more about us and what we do to help leaders build a calm, collaborative and productive workplace, visit consciousleaders.org.uk.